0: welcome to the pod buffet your selection of five-minute tasters by podcasters from around the world and this is the saturday digest perfect for that late breakfast or early brunch enjoy
1: And then the people that are arrested, Mm -hmm. do they end up in jail?
2: Even if they don't end up in jail, most of these people are lower income people with ...jobs that make minimum wage or some variation of an hourly salary... ...and being detained and being forced to appear in court... They can't get out on jail. What jail? They need that money for rent, right? So being forced to do all those things, appear in court, get detained... ...can very often result in loss of jobs. And when something like that goes on your record... Most companies deal criminal backgrounds like back prior history of detainment even if It didn't lead to jail time as such Means that, you know, it goes in your record And so your employer Googles you And they find that you don't get hired And now you're part of the unfortunately quite large number of Americans That are living in poverty
1: So what that means is then Because of this behavior of the police People of color, and I think mostly it's African-Americans who are targeted, are further disadvantaged and discriminated. And so if they are sliding more into poverty, that would mean that at some point, might they not have many choices to find jobs and slip into crime.
2: Yes, poverty is the number one cause of crime. And... Modern policing doesn't accept this, right? Because if modern policing accepted it, then law enforcement or some other government body would be fixing crime by trying to lift people out of poverty. And except in a few places with, you know, progressive mayors. It's not happening. Modern policing tactics and philosophy goes back to the 1980s when... Yeah, Reagan was Christian, and this guy, he was very, very racist, came up with the idea of broken windows policing, and it's a very simple analogy for something that's really not simple at all, which is... The first red flag. So he did a study where you have a car with, you know, nothing broken. It's in condition And then you have a dooduck old. Or not even dooduck. Because the point of the study is that... Can be like an otherwise perfect well running car to just have one smashed in window. And the study finds that people are overwhelmingly more likely to continue vandalizing the already minorly defaced. Vehicle and completely leaves the shiny, nice Ferrari with the new pink job. From that, he concluded that policing should focus on those minor violations because they also occur more often. So then, policing should focus on those minor crimes. Policing should crack down on them heavily, and most importantly, criminal instincts. And poverty are not circumstantial things. First of all, the fact that he thinks there's such a thing as criminal instinct is worrisome, because that's not what the evidence suggests at all. Criminal instincts and poverty are moral failures. Rather than circumstantial ones, and according to Grogan Lindos theory, everyone has like a secret desire to go burn down the grocery store. So now you have this... Relationship where, A, people in poverty are seen as unsympathetic figures because ex believes that they're in poverty because they screwed up or because they're fundamentally bad people. And B, even for not poor people, even just in general, you have this relationship where... The police see the public as the enemy, so they're not the protectors or the checkers anymore, they're the enforcers. The police are no longer the protectors, they're the enforcers, and it's a fundamentally antagonistic relationship.
1: Welcome, Perfect Stranger. My name is Valérie. I see myself as a nomad with deep roots. I'm fascinated by our cultural differences and at the same time by what we all have in common. The more I meet people from diverse backgrounds, the more I learn about myself and the world. In this podcast, I would like to give you the opportunity to experience it by stepping in somebody else's shoes for a moment. In my podcast, you will find a very interesting diversity of guests. I could give you a lot of examples, but I will just stick to a few. Bonnie, who adventurous life began when she was 16 and decided to go for two months to Austria to improve her German. Or Rene, who is from Guatemala and arrived at a very young age illegally. I could also speak about Juliette, who is 17 and decided to go for a gap year before heading to university, or Pascal, who is a parent education expert and coach, and gives us very useful tips to prepare kids for a move. So let's listen to them.
3: When I was 16, I had a very formative experience as an exchange student to Austria to live with a family for two months. And this was really the first big lesson in cultural change and cultural adaptation. I don't want to stay in New York the rest of my life. I'm from New York. I know this city. I know this life. I don't want this. I was offered a job teaching English to the Yemeni Air Force. So I taught like 20 Air Force officers every morning. Yes. Yes. If you consider, okay, I knew this, this is the way my family lived, this is the society I grew up in. But you have the time in another culture to turn those over in your mind and decide, I agree or I don't agree.
4: So that's nice. Then they came after us. Immigration came after us Mm -hmm. and actually took my father to prison. Mm -hmm. I remember looking out the window waiting for my father to come home. That's the memory that I remember at five years old, one of the main memories. And I remember the day he arrived. I remember looking out the window and he was coming home. When I go to Guatemala, I'm treated like I'm from Guatemala because I look just like everyone else. There's a huge difference when you look like everyone else. They'll they'll always look at, uh, stereotype us as a hardworking Hispanic person. That's all they see, which is why I've had to learn how to speak the language better. Yeah, the, which the, is one of the only reasons why I've decided to perfect the English language.
1: It's true that it's a big key.
4: It's, it's a key for
1: integration, the language.
4: It's a key because then they look at you different. Yeah. You know, they'll begin to look at you as one of them, as, yeah. as part of part of us. You know.
0: The first time this idea came was when I actually went to that on that Spain trip into Malaga. And I noticed I became a radically different person, a lot freer, a lot happier, a lot just more outgoing. Going on a gap year instead of heading straight into college is going to be a very fruitful experience in terms of developing my self-identity.
5: Pack, 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 get in the car, put everything in the container, get on the plane, arrive and never have this moment of just stopping and being with this moment. Then you repress it and you don't address the emotions that go around it and you don't celebrate what you had, you don't grieve what you're losing, you don't celebrate the new possibilities, you know? Involve the children as much as possible in the process from the beginning. Another thing you have to do all the time during this entire process, before, during and after, is to keep your own emotions as an adult at bay. We do well when we feel good. So when we don't feel good, for example, through an expatriation, we feel sad, we feel grief, we feel loss, we feel out of control, not in power, we don't feel good. So then we don't do good. And what does that mean for a child not doing good when he doesn't feel good? It looks like what? It looks like misbehavior.
1: Go to my podcast and listen to wonderful stories from perfect strangers. Take care.
3: This is The Creatively Engaging, a podcast about the changemakers and storytellers who are reshaping how we view aging in our communities. Many thanks to Steve for the invite into this episode of The Pod Buffet. I'm Bruce Devereaux, a grad from Pod 6, and here are a few samples from my show.
2: But it was fun while it lasted, just like everything else.
3: Imagine that 71 years ago, your mother arranged to capture your voice and hers on a wire recording device. You were 17 at the time, and today you are 88. You haven't heard either recording in a very, very long time. Join us for a creatively engaging podcast with my guest, Dorothy. You had mentioned that the device she recorded on was a wire.
2: That's what they told us. We just had an old plain radio microphone. Yeah. And they said they would do it on a wire and send it to Vancouver, and I didn't... Make
3: Bolex cameras, epic 1960 road trips from Canada to the southern border of Mexico in search of the Lacadoan Maya, History Channel documentaries, and wonderful stories of a beautiful relationship between Colin and Shendra. Oh, God. Um, when I hear the jungle sounds, I am transported back... To the rainforest, which is away from the village, and I was in a little, in a little area which was actually Tr- where Trudy's campsite, that was on the edge of the jungle and the edge of the lake. Also, I can't tell you the feeling of peace. Take one jungle sounds.
5: Magical. It was just something you'd have to experience to believe.
3: The interview was originally just going to be a mic and gear test. It quickly turned into a lively session looking at uncertainty, living on the brink, ageism, and chaos and creativity.
0: By the way, you'll feel better if you've got COVID, if you can get wrinkle cream. I mean, it's just ludicrous looking for these external inputs to make our life bearable in uncertainty. The outside in, this is the inside out. So that's kind of a a broad-based perception of an 85-year-old guy who is... Uh, doing well. Some people have said to me recently, you know, you're really lucky, Bill. You've got terminal cancer, so you don't have to worry about all this shit in the future. And I say, well, if I don't have to worry about it, I'm already dead. The human experience of life is to live it and feel it and experience it right up to the finish line. And so I'm as creatively engaged and, and I'm interested in creatively caring for my friends who are creatively caring for me. And the power of that is absolutely astonishing. And as young people, there's no boundaries at my door. I don't even lock my house anymore. Hmm. And they come. And it is priceless. So, embrace uncertainty. Become a creative carer. It's huge for human beings to embrace the conscious awareness of how how our egos and our arrogance is not only destroying our world, but it's separating us from each other.
3: Hoping that you enjoyed those three samples and check out the Creatively Engaging podcast on all the major platforms. Thanks for listening. Thanks
0: for being here and hope to see you again soon. Pod Buffet, the eclectic mix of podcasts from around the world, brought to you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with a digest on Saturday morning, just in time for a late breakfast or early brunch. Enjoy.